Welcome to another episode of On the Issues with Alon Ben-Mir. Today's guest is Susan Khairi Khader, a Yazidi lawyer and activist supporting girls' development. In this episode, Alan and Susan discuss the genocide of the Yazidi people and their ongoing plight, relations between the Yazidis and the central government in Iraq, and the ongoing need for support from the international community. The main discussion I want to discuss with you is, of course, about the plight of the Yazidis going back to 2014, when ISIS invaded the area and committed for a genocide for all that matters, you know, and uh, the suffering specifically of the women and children who have been expelled. Thousands of them became slaves, sexually assaulted and, and exploited, sold as a slave, and, uh, and, the, and the tragedy, and, and sadly, very sadly, continues to this day, because in my view anyway, neither the Iraqi government or for that matter, the Kurdish government is busy with on their own affairs, have really been able to focus or wanted to focus on trying to restore some, some normalcy to Sinjar and specifically be able to find where the nearly 2,500 women and children who are still missing. So this is the focus I want to talk about. You know, I just want you also to know that I have been trying with the, through a certain ambassador of Iraq to find out what else can be done. And I'm mm-hmm. still talking to them about this. So I want to tell you now your perspective. Mm-hmm. What ha- has anything improved over the last, say, year or two? And then we can take it from there. Okay. Uh, thank you for your question. Um, uh, Israeli people, as you know, they suffered a lot from the genocide that took place in uh, 2014. Um, and uh, it was like a tragic tragedy, but uh, I think in my perspective and in my opinion, uh, there's like no change in their uh, situation because now uh, a lot of Yazidis are uh, even immigrants in European uh, countries or they are in camps, they are living in camps uh, uh, with a very bad situation, uh, with, uh, with no uh, like basic life uh, standards, like they don't have it. And uh, some Yazidis are living in Sinjar now. Sinjar, uh, Sinjar they, in Sinjar, we have a lot of militias there. Uh, and a lot of uh, parties, even, I, I don't know if you know about that or not, but Sinjar is the only place in whole Iraq that has two administrations. Uh, one of them, it's, uh, it's uh, like a Kurdish administrative, and the second one, it's uh, Iraqi. Like so you have, Iraqi. you have the Kurdish and you have the Iraqi. Exactly. Which are yeah. basically competing and not necessarily, and are not cooperating as far as I know. Exactly. Uh, so uh, all of these uh, things are bad for the people there. There's no security and even there's no law and order. Uh, there's a lack of a law and uh, people are suffering. 
Uh, in my opinion, they are suffering there because uh, there's even a Turkish airstrike there because we have a lot of militias uh, in, uh, in Sinjar that, uh, and even Ezidi people are, are with them because they are brainwashed to be with them. Right. So, yeah. So the um, the situation in uh, Sinjar it's uh, difficult, and people are not feeling uh, like there's no security, and they they are not feeling safe there. But they have they have uh, nothing, or they have nowhere else to go. Even they have to choose. Even they they will live in a tent like camps, or they will be in Sinjar under Turkish airstrikes and uh, and uh, with no, like even the, uh, the, the, the basic life standards in Sinjar, there's no, uh, like- Very minimal, yeah, there's, I understand there's no electricity, there's hardly any running, drinking water. There's no such thing there. They are living just like, uh, maybe uh, the uh, old uh, men on earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I understand that the Turkish um, bombarding in the bombardment of PKK, uh, I mean, that's the purpose of the Turkish onslaught on Northern Iraq is to, is to um, you know, diminish or eliminate the, the yes. PKK resistance against the Turkish government, but the consequence of the, Iraq, of the Turkish uh, attacks is hurting the Yazidis to a great yes. extent because they are subjected to this horrible ongoing fight between Turkey and the PKK. Of course, and even Yazidi, uh, the PKK are so, uh, if I can say, they are smart, they brainwashed Yazidis, so they will, uh, they will be uh, like part of this in Iraq. So even uh, they are now working on their uh, uh, on their targets, uh, but the Israelis are the people who are hurting now and suffering. Right. Uh, yeah, so when, when, when Turkey uh, uh, do this, the people who are suffering are Israelis. Right, right. And tell me, the, is, is, I understand that the PKK are trying to protect the Yazidis. Is that true? No, no, they are not. They are so, not. But are they, are they actually harassing? Are they persecuting the, the, the Yazidis or just are basically leaving, leaving them alone? Uh, I, I, was, I was talking like uh, in my uh, personal perspective, but now I'll talk as the Ezidi girl, and I will talk about Ezidi's opinion about that. Ezidis are saying, okay, uh, uh, YPK, it's part of PKK. They are saying, okay, you guys helped us in 2014. We are grateful and thankful for that. Uh, but now we want you to leave our uh, land. Uh huh. Yeah, but but they are not doing that. They are just. Doing... 
Yeah, I'm not yeah. giving uh, this. Well, you know that the sadly, historically speaking, mm -hmm. the Turkish Empire, mm -hmm. the Turkish that is the Ottoman Empire, for the going back 600 years, they mm -hmm. have systematically been uh, persecuting the Yazidi community. So there is there is no love lost between yeah. Turkey and the Yazidi community. And obviously, yeah. today the Erdogan government probably could not care less about what happened to the Yazidis as long okay. as they continue to attack the PKK, which has this been going now for more for 50 years. So okay. where do you see any prospect, any change in, that, in those dynamics between Turkey, PKK, and the Yazidis? How this is going to pan out? Do you see any basis for hope in that regard? Um, seriously, I, I'm not sure that there is a hope because they brainwashed uh, Yazidi children and Yazidi women because they they work on their uh, like people Yazidi people are sensitive people and when they helped Yazidis uh, back in 2014 people were like they are they are our ours like we survived because of them or uh, and because of that they are some people or some Yazidi who are brainwashed they are liking and they are loving PKK um, even if a Yazidi people like if a Yazidi people or person say to another Yazidi who is with PKK that PKK, for example, they are a terrorist, uh, they are terrorists and uh, etc. He might like kill him or even or fight with him because they are brainwashed. So yeah. I, 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 in my opinion, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure if they're so or not because Sinjar, it's because we don't have a, we don't have a, like a life standards uh, and basic life standards that a, a child, for example, will be ready to to say goodbye to PKK because he has a good life. They don't have a good life. They don't have money. And PKK is also offering a good money for them. Uh, and we don't have, like, I think Iraqi government uh, should um, offer a, a very good life standards for people, uh, for Yazidi people in Sinjar, so they would not need the money of PKK to be with them. And if Yazidis are not if Yazidi doesn't or don't support PKK, they can't be there. Yeah, As, yeah. Yeah, I think that. Yeah. So it's all know, about the government. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, this is the problem is you have basically, like you said, two administrations. There's yes. a hierarchy and there's a government. Another of them is really concerned about the human rights, human rights of the Yazidi people. And, and they are not take, may not taking any significant measures. For example, the agreement that was uh, agreed upon with the Iraqi government in 2020, yes. 
And the Iraqi government committed itself to weed out, to take care that to get armed groups out of Sinjar to provide some funding for some kind of re reconstruction. But the Iraqi government apparently has done very little, if anything, since yeah. 2020. So all this agreement actually materialized to nothing. Why do you think that's happened? Uh, because there's because uh, uh, Iraq, it's not even Iraq, it's not stable. The situation uh, of uh, the Iraq, it's not stable, as you know. Uh, if, if, if Baghdad, it's not stable, and there is no security in whole Iraq, how they 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 will work or they will even think to work uh, on uh, Sinjar. And uh, there's a minority uh, living in there. They are yeah. not, they, that's not caring about it. This is very true. I mean, basically, their main concern now is yes. national security and security in Iraq, Baghdad security in major cities. And so, yeah, and for example, since the election in Iraq, they still don't have, did not elect president. And so exactly. there is a political turmoil I mean, I yes. can understand that going back, but the Iraqi government is too, too preoccupied actually yes. to deal with, with, the, with the Yazidi problem. Exactly. There's another element which is really troubles me a great deal. And that is the, the other, you know, being subjected first to the genocide in 2014. And with all the horror that, that happened to the, to the Yazidis throughout the spirit. Then you have um, the, <clears throat> This discord between the Iraqi government and the and the, and the Turkish government as far as how to deal with the Yazidis. Yeah. And you have the fact that countries that absorbed some Yazidis, nearly 100,000, are still have not been acclimated to their yeah. foreign countries, and there's still many of them would like to return. The problem was mm -hmm. also compounded by the fact that it's been hit with the pandemic. Yeah. And the trauma, the trauma of the genocide, many Yazidis are suffering, as I know, from the, 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 the you know, from, they have uh, issues, mental problems, because yeah. they are having, they're going through the trauma of war, trauma of genocide, plus the pandemic. So you have all these elements converging onto the Yazidi community. I mean, I can understand how shackled they must be now. I mean, where do you see this is going at this point? Do you think, you know, there's one question that I always wanted to ask you. The, one of the reasons that um, going back, you know, five, six hundred years when the Ottoman Empire, uh, Empire was in power, and subsequently going back even to the Saddam Hussein era after 2003 mm. as well, after he was removed, the religion of the Yazidis was a subject for discussion. You know, they are called, you know, they call you the people of the peacock, so to speak. So yeah. because your religion is a sort of a mixture, a little bit of Christianity, a little bit of Islam, but you have your own specific mindset, mindset of belief. Yeah. And, and obviously, it, uh, as I see it, it's been a playing role that is given that Turkey is a Muslim state, became a Muslim subsequently. Iraqi government and, and, the, and the Kurds and everybody. And they see you as they see the Yazidi religions as an aberration. It's not, it's not something that they can relate to. To what extent you feel that the religion now is still play a role in, uh, in, um, not, uh, in preventing 
actually the Iraqis, the Kurds, the, the Turks, from actually doing something positive for the for the uh, Yazidi community. Um, that's a very very good question. Um, I want um, I know that maybe you know about the history of uh, Yazidis with the Osman, uh, Osman yes. and uh, Iraq, yeah, uh, because they suffered and uh, a lot of genocide took place uh, uh, like in the history uh, and all of that was because of our religion because they are saying that Yazidis are uh, they are the uh, like uh, devil people they are uh, they are not believing in God and that's totally wrong Yazidis are like they believe in God, in one God, which is Khude in our language. Mm. Uh, and uh, and uh, we believe uh, uh, we believe like uh, in that, but uh, they are, I don't know why they think like that, but uh, yeah, I think being Yazidi, being minorities, uh, it's it's a, 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 a big like it's a big um, problem because yeah. of that they are not fearing that much uh, and even if uh, as 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 I think I think if there 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 was not like United States of America and Europe and uh, uh, like a, a United Nations, I think uh, if they didn't care about Yazidis and uh, they uh, didn't uh, like uh, being like Yazidis are people, so we have to be, uh, we have to care of them. I think even the the uh, the the things that they did for us, they won't do it because. They are Yazidis, but let me let me be um, fair. Uh, Kurdistan government, uh, because they say that the Yazidis are uh, or Kurds are Yazidis, like they're uh, they're uh, they they were uh, like Kurds were Yazidis at the first place. But in the genocide, uh, they uh, they like uh, they became Muslim. Because of that, they are caring about the disease. Like so, so you're uh, saying today? Saying, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like the only the only people and government that are caring, like from their bottom of heart, they are Kurdish people. They are, feeling, uh-huh, yes, they are feeling. Yes, they are feeling us, and they are they they really care about us. Even in, in 2014, uh, when people of Sinjar came to the hope, even they opened their uh, homes for uh, for us. They opened even their um, religious places for us. Uh, they helped us. And now, even now, the camps 
are interdependent and they, and they are taking care of every dish. And even uh, they, uh, Nichirvan Barzani, uh, Mr. Nichirvan Barzani is a, um, now he is the president of Kurdistan. Uh, he um, uh, made a, like an office uh, to uh, bring back the Ezidi jails and they uh, give uh, money to do this. Like they are the only uh, only government in the this area uh, or in the region to help Ezidis. Oh, that, that, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's very, very important. Now, to what extent do you feel, because uh, I know they're doing a very, in a very important, they're taking some very significant steps to, to help the Yazidis, the Kurds in particular. But do you feel that they can do more? And if they cannot do more, why do you think that? Of course, always they can do more. Uh, every Iraqi and Kurdistan, uh, Kurdistan government, they can do more, and the Ezidi need more, actually. And uh, yeah, I think they can. Yeah, one one thing one thing which struck me uh, really deeply, and that is, you know, the role of women, the courage Ezidi women have demonstrated throughout these horrible years since 2014. Uh, they have really mobilized their resources. They have, uh, many of them bear arms to, to defend their families and communities. What can you tell me more, tell, tell our audience a little bit more about the, the very, very important role of the Yazidi women uh, since, since the war until now? Okay, just uh, like for your information, Along with history, we even have uh, Ezidi uh, religious characters, women religious characters. Like women uh, have a very big role in Ezidi community, uh, and uh, especially after the genocide, uh, you know, we have Nadia Murad, we have a lot of women, courage, women uh, that uh, work as writers and uh, as writers, lawyers, uh, um, journalists, uh, human rights activists, uh, and doctors, uh, etc. They work so hard for their community and they are um, doing it uh, in a very, very good way. And uh, I'm so proud of indeed uh, women. They are uh, they they prove to the world that Israeli women uh, are uh, strongest women in the right. world. Right. You know, you, you yourself is a, it's a role model of what the Israeli women have been trying to do. Can you tell me about your current activities and uh, in, in, in connection with what's going on at this point? You personally, I think our audience would love to hear your take. What are you doing now, and how can actually we can help but tell me about your activities um yeah, as you know i'm a lawyer and uh, i'm working as a lawyer too and uh, i'm a writer so i write the novel uh, i gave you my novel uh, back in new york uh, and uh, i'm working on another novel 
uh, it's uh, a love story uh, that uh, it's, uh, it's 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 the, the genocide uh, like it's uh, it's from the genocide but a love story that happened uh, in the in the genocide and um, uh, with my dad we are working he's a judge my dad is a judge so we are working together on a legal book uh, uh, it's, 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 it's talking about the uh, the reason that the genocide happened in Sinjar. Who was the reason and why uh, the uh, why why the genocide took place? And uh, we're talking even about the um, the uh, the um, government uh, personnel who were uh, not working. Uh, like their job, and they were they were killed when that happened. And uh, yeah, we are working on that too. And uh, I, I think uh, in the next month I will I will participate in a writing program in uh, Greece. It will be uh, about writing novels about the genocide. I see. Uh, yeah, you're working with your father on a book, you say, right? Yes. Yeah, what yeah. the book is about, the genocide? Yes, it's about genocide and the reasons, and the and people who were the reason And the role of, the of women, you mean? You mean what, what role the women been playing in the course of this terrible period? Is that the book is all about? It's about the exactly. genocide and the role of women? The, exactly, the 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 uh, book will be a little book about the genocide, what happened before genocide, what happened during genocide, and after genocide. So yeah, we will talk about the role of women too, like after the genocide. I see. And, uh, yes. And in which language are you writing the book? Which language? In Arabic. In Arabic, I see. And do you think you think um, can can be translated to English at, at one point? Because you want you want the international community, you want the especially English speaking countries, like especially here in the United States and in Europe, many of them vast majority speak English. Do you think it's possible? Well, I think we, we when do you think the book would be finished? Let me put it this way. Um, uh, actually, we, we, uh, uh, my dad and I, we uh, reached out to the uh, United States the consulate here and the embassy. We asked for help. We said we need uh, funding because uh, it's, it's, it's needed. We have to talk uh, with people, with victims and uh, with a lot of people like in, in Iraq and even outside the country. Uh, we said we need uh, your um, uh, your help uh, uh, in, in that, but uh, until now there is no um, answer for that. Uh, we 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 need a, fu a funding. When we when we find it, I think we will start. We collect all these stuff, but uh, we are. Uh, I think when we find the funding, we will start to write. 
You know, I, I would be very interested if when you finish the book in Arabic, uh, we can look at it and we'll find someone to translate it to English. And I and I can be I can make sure that it will be published here in the United States uh, once it's written in English. So when do you think you finish the, you'll finish the book? Uh, that's great.
from this point on. I want to thank you for this uh, opportunity and for I'm grateful for it. And I want uh, to thank United States people. They are great people. And even the United States government, they help EGD and the EGD people uh, know about that. Even uh, the EGD people, are, if, uh, they are saying that uh, our hope is in America because United States of America, because they were the first, um, the first country uh, that helped us as the EGD. And they are continuing uh, helping us. Even now, the U.S. aid and U.S. government, uh, like uh, U.S. consulates and the U.S. embassy, they are helping EZD, and they are doing a great job. And we uh, we hope that they work on uh, they work on that the genocide be um, like a real. Uh, uh, thing in the world that all world uh, talk about it and all people know about it because Israeli people are a very 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 peaceful people and uh, they deserve uh, uh, they deserve a good life and deserve uh, security. There's no question about it. I do. I don't want to wish you the best, but. Uh... And if there's anything we can do, I can do, please let me know. And I look forward to hearing from you. And hopefully we can finish the book and uh, we will promote it as best as we possibly can. All right. You. You're very, very welcome. So and thank you for taking the time. I'm really grateful. And oh, no. uh, we, we will stay in touch. Yeah, of course. Of course. Take good care. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode on the issues. You can find this podcast on my SoundCloud page and stay tuned to my social media accounts for the latest analysis and announcements.